good morning. Welcome to Grace Church. Glad that you are here this morning, and uh, we want to uh, especially welcome you. I just want to point out uh, this morning that um, back in the fourth century, there was a man by the name of Arius who divided the church, claiming that uh, Jesus was not as eternal as the Father. And uh, there was a man by the name of Athanasius who said, no. Uh, Jesus is truly God as much as the Father is God. And there was a, a split in the church, and Emperor Constantine was upset by this because it, it uh, created instability in his empire. And so there was convened the Council of Nicaea to determine the identity of Jesus. And in the course of that council, the council came to the end and concluded and wrote this statement. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father, of the substance of the Father, God of God and light of light. And we will be singing a song this morning that references that phrase, God of God and light of light. Jesus Christ is of the same substance and everything that makes God God, and we come to worship and praise him here this morning. We are a Christ-centered community intent on proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, and sacrificially serving Jesus. Um, we want to uh, uh, draw your attention to the, uh, the cards on your chairs. There are QR codes on there with opportunities as to how you can be connected at Grace. We want to encourage you to check that out. Also, to let you know that there is a Christmas Eve service coming up. You know when that is? It's on Christmas Eve. It will be from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. here under the tent. And if you would like to be involved in local outreach, we have the opportunity to bless the community of El Medina with gifts this Christmas season. And um, you can check out the table after the service in the back that has more information as to how you can be involved in that if you would like to do that. And also, we need help with uh, setup in the mornings. There's a crew that comes at 6 a.m. every Sunday morning, and uh, we could use more help to do that. Again, go to the QR codes, link to, uh, to that connection, and you can see how you can sign up to help. Um, we're just looking for helpers who are willing to commit to, uh, to four Sundays to be able to help with setup at 6 a.m., so we'd love to have you do that. And we want you also to know that there is child care available outside for all three services right back here, so check that out if you would like to uh, take advantage of that. And we want to welcome new members to Grace Church, Sean and Colby Bravo and Ryan Neptune. So um, welcome to Grace. We're glad that uh, you are here in our, uh, in our membership. And so um, last thing, we just want to let you know that we are doing the Bread in the Cup this morning. And so we can look forward to that at the end of the service. If you would, please uh, stand if you're not already. And we're going to read our scripture for this morning. It is Psalm 98, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 98, 1 and 2. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation he has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. And Lord, we are gathered here today to proclaim that salvation that you've made known to us and to proclaim the marvelous things that you've done. God, give us uh, voices to lift our praise to you this morning and ears to hear your word as Pastor Mike would bring it. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
Our scripture this morning is going to be from Luke chapter 1, so if you remain standing and uh, you can take your Bibles and look at Luke chapter 1, Pastor Mike will be preaching from verses 39 to 56. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. And you may be seated. This morning we're going to remember uh, Ed and Carla Trenner who serve with On Mission. And uh, we want to be sure to, uh, to pray for them this morning. So if you would, pray with me. Lord God, we come before you this morning as a people gathered, desperate to hear what you would say to us, desperate to be together to proclaim your name. God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see as Isaiah saw, that you are high and lifted up, that we would see you seated on your throne. God, that we would come to understand your holiness and your greatness God, that we could say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God, that we would see that you have done mighty things. God, that you have mercy for those who fear you and that you have shown strength with your arm. And God, that we could see those things this morning as we sing together, as we pray and as we hear your word preached. God, help us to, uh, to know you. God, we are a people who are contaminated with sin. God, we know that there is none righteous, not even one. God, that all have sinned and fallen short of your glory and that the wages of sin is death. But God, we know that the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. That those who come to you with faith in Jesus are justified by faith. And God, that we know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, God, as we come to your word this morning and we hear it preached, God, would you help us to understand better what it means to be in Christ Jesus. That this baby who came and was born in the flesh was God Almighty, was the King of kings, was the Lord of lords, was God of God. And God, that our faith in that risen Savior allows us to stand before you blameless with great joy. 
And so, God, I pray that uh, that would become more clear and more loud to us today, that we wouldn't just worship a baby in a manger, but that we would worship the King of all kings that has come to earth to die in our place. God, help, help us to have grateful hearts and that, that we would explode in praise as a result. God, we pray for Ed and Carla as they serve you and have so faithfully for so many years. God, that you would empower them and encourage them as they seek to encourage and strengthen missionaries around the world and um, throughout even in this country. God, that you would um, help them to be effective and encourage and that they would have great joy in that ministry. And we um, commit this time to you here this morning and pray that you would do great things among us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
that is what we desire to do today, to thank you, to praise you, to praise your glory and grace for all of the mercy that you've shown us in Christ. So, Lord, we ask even now that as we are hearing from your word, you would open our eyes to see how glorious Jesus is and stamp that on our hearts. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. I remember once when I was a kid, uh, we were in Joshua Tree, California, and we were at my grandma and grandpa's house. They lived there, and it was dark outside, and uh, this family was sitting in, in, the, in the cool uh, evening in the desert there, and we were out on the driveway, the gravel driveway. My grandfather brought out his telescope. It became a highlight of our trips because he brought out his telescope, set it up, and then he started showing us as we looked through the telescope different stars and planets and pointing things out. And it was a sweet time for me as a young kid, but one of the things that I think about now is what he was doing is he was, he was helping us see something really big a little more accurately. He was, he was helping us see something that our eyes could not see but with a telescope, we were able to see it just a little bit more like it really is. And we've been talking in this Christmas series last week about magnifying the Lord. And today we're talking about magnifying the, the sovereign Lord of the universe. And when we talk about magnify, we've got to realize there are a lot of things in life that get magnified that shouldn't. A lot of things idolatrously that we would magnify in our life, maybe something going on, maybe some pain, maybe some problem, maybe something that is on our hearts and on our minds so much that they become really, really big. And it's almost like we're using a microscope and taking a little thing and magnifying it into something bigger and, and making a mountain out of a molehill. If you're anything like me, you do this probably more often than you'd like to admit. Now, there's good magnification in life. I remember when Angela and I visited Mount Rushmore, and we were, I was awestruck by how big it was, but even when I took my phone and zoomed in on some of the features of the faces, it was even more you know, stunning because I was like, wow, I'm up here close and personal next to it, and uh, it, it was just more accurately seen by my eye than ever before. Now, in marketing, there's always kind of a misleading thing where they take a picture of something, make it bigger, put it next to something that's normal size, and then the, you, you have this idea that, wow, when I get this, it's going to be big. But then you go get it, and it's small. Maybe it's even smaller than the hand that it was next to in the picture, right? And you're like, wait a minute, you, tr you fooled me. This happens with food a lot, right? You see pictures of food, and you're like, wow, I can't wait to get to the restaurant and eat that food because it looks so amazing in the picture. And you get there, and it's all shriveled up, and it doesn't look like the picture at all. And sometimes we, we magnify things in a way to mislead people. 
But what God wants in every one of our lives, he wants this in your life, not to magnify minuscule things. He wants you to magnify him for his mercy. And this is what we're going to see today. You know, last week, we were in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38, and we saw Mary receive this merciful message of God that she would be the mother of the Messiah. And she put aside her pain, she put aside her dashed plans, and she said, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to as you have said. Like, literally, let the will of God be done in my life. Your will, not mine. And now we see today in this passage of Scripture, Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56, we see both Elizabeth and Mary magnifying the magnificent sovereign Lord of the universe. Pick up the story with me in verse 39. Right after Mary had heard these words, and by the way, this was truth, that she heard from Gabriel, as she heard truth that would, would, would help her as she goes along when people would misunderstand her, when people would whisper behind her back, when people would say all sorts of things about her and about the Messiah, about her son Jesus, and she knew the truth. And she had heard all of this, and it says in verse 39 that in those days Mary arose and went with haste to a town in Judah. This is how off the beaten trail it was. This is a town in Judah. It's not even named. And she enters the house of Zechariah and greets Elizabeth, her relative. It says she came in haste. She was so excited. She was so urgent to see her, her, her relative Elizabeth, who is now six months pregnant with John the Baptist. And she's been thinking, think about it. She takes an 80-mile tr uh, trip Four to seven days, and throughout that whole time, she would have been thinking about what she had heard. It would have been sinking deeper into her soul. She would have been rolling it over in her mind and thinking about all the wonder and all the excitement. Now, what she could have done is said, wait a minute. Everyone's going to say that I was immoral. Everyone's going to say that, that my child is illegitimate. Everyone's going to say things about me and think things about me. But her faith in the sovereign Lord of the universe overrode all of those things. She didn't microscopically you know, magnify something about her situation. What she did, and this is what we're going to learn from today, she magnified what God was doing. She magnified God's greatness. And what she was doing is she was seeing God more accurately. She wasn't taking a small God and making him bigger. She was able to see a, 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 the creator of the universe in clearer focus. That's what God wants for you and I today. And so she goes and she sees Elizabeth. The Bible tells us that when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. John the Baptist jumps in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament times, when you were filled with the Holy Spirit, you would quickly... Praise God. You would quickly say something in praise to God. Often the prophets were said to be filled with the Spirit, and then they would say something in, in praise to the, to the glorious grace of God. She exclaims with a loud cry, and if you're following along in your Bible, we're in verse 42, Luke 1, 42. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary, you are blessed. 
And she wasn't focusing here on Mary. She was focusing here on the child in Mary's womb. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then she says, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She uses the term Lord. That signifies the sovereign, great, authoritative, supreme ruler of the universe. And she is saying that the child in Mary's womb is God Almighty. How is it that the mother of my Lord, she's focused on magnifying the Lord. She's not magnifying Mary. We saw last week that Mary was the recipient of grace, not the dispenser of it. And then she said, behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy Verse 45, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now, she uses a different word for blessed here. The first time she uses blessed in verse 42, and she says it twice, that's the word for eulogize, eulogy, speak well of someone. Now she uses the phrase blessed, makarios in the Greek, and that means someone who is declared, indwelt by God, and therefore fully satisfied. She is saying to Mary, this is the same word that is used in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. She is declaring, she is saying, Mary, you are indwelt by God and therefore you are fully satisfied. No matter what anyone will say about you, no matter what anyone will think about you, no matter what struggle you have internally, no matter what plans have been dashed in your life, no matter what pain comes upon you, you are indwelt by God, and therefore you are fully satisfied. Blessed is she who believed that what was spoken to her would be fulfilled. She believed God. And, and then if you think about it, you've got Elizabeth and Mary, these, these wonderful, godly women, these amazing women that God met in the ordinary flow of life. And they are both magnifying the coming Messiah. They are both seeing him in greater detail as he is revealed in the word of God. And then Mary launches in to what we know of as the Magnificat, that's from the Latin translation of the Bible, the first word of this song, Magnificat, magnify. Mary launches in, and what we're going to learn today, and I'm just going to give you three observations. Well, what does it mean to magnify the Lord? What does it mean when you don't go microscopic and take a mountain, and, uh, take in a molehill and make it into a mountain, take something small and make it big, some problem, some pain, but you actually see the Lord God Almighty more accurately in increasing measure that you are able to magnify the Lord, which really means this. When you magnify the Lord, it means that you are accepting sovereignty and rejecting idols. You are rejecting, the, you are rejecting the, the, the idols that will are like a magnet pulling at your heart that mangle your heart up, and you are accepting God's sovereignty, and you are saying, He is the authoritative supreme ruler in my life, and I'm going to believe Him instead of my own mind. So, what are the observations? The first observation that you magnify the sovereign Lord, you accept his sovereignty, you reject idolatry, is found 
really in the first two verses of the Magnificat, where Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. You magnify the Lord, you accept his sovereignty, you reject idolatry when you are humbled by life. When you are humbled by life, many of you have been humbled by life's experiences. Many of you have been humbled by life's pains. Many of you have been humbled by your plans being pushed to the side. Many of you have been humbled by life. But this word humbled goes even deeper than that. It goes deeper than the things that we often magnify as if with a microscope. What it means is this. When she says, he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant, this word humble signifies a person who is convicted of their sins, who knows how vile their sin is, and who knows their need of a savior. Mary understood her need for Christ. In that moment, in that moment in time, the Son of God growing in her womb. In real time, she is seeing the fulfillment of Scripture, of prophecy, and she is believing God. She is magnifying Him for His mercy to her. She's not complaining. She's not blaming someone else. She's not saying, why me? She's saying, wow, God. When you're humbled by life, you can magnify the Lord and accept his sovereignty and reject idolatry. Mary's song begins like this, my soul magnifies the Lord. It mirrors what Hannah prayed in, in 1 Samuel chapter 2. In fact, go with me there in your Bibles. 1 Samuel chapter 2, there are some parallels with Hannah and Mary. Hannah Unable to have children, God gave supernatural power to conceive. Mary, a virgin, not yet come together with Joseph, God gave her supernatural power to conceive by the Holy Spirit, to be able to be the mother of the Messiah. And here's what Hannah prayed in 1 Samuel 2, beginning at verse 1. My heart exalts in the Lord. Literally, I'm magnifying God. My heart exalts in the Lord, and my horn is exalted in the Lord. In the Old Testament, horn stood for strength. She is saying, God has strengthened me. God has strengthened me. My heart is exulting in him. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. She's magnifying God for his mercy. She says, there is none holy like the Lord. There is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. God knows the heart. He wants to be magnified in your heart. She goes on, the, bows, the bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry have ceased to hunger. God feeds the hungry. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord, the Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. She's speaking of herself. She's magnifying God for looking upon her humble estate. She knows her sinfulness. She knows her need of a savior. 
He raises up the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and on him he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. It is speaking of Christ. Hannah was magnifying the coming Messiah, and Mary mirrors her prayer with this song, with this psalm, with this, with this adoration of God. That Mary is adoring God for his goodness. My soul magnifies the Lord, Luke 1.46. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, verse 47. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. She's convicted of her sin. She knows her sin is vile. She knows she needs a Savior. And then she says this, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. All generations will declare that I was indwelt by God and therefore fully satisfied by him. Then she says in verse 49, he who is mighty has done great things for me. See, when you are humbled by life, when you are humbled and you know your need of a savior, you are able to magnify the Lord. You're able to accept his sovereignty and you are able to reject idolatry. Our hearts are pulled like a magnet to idolatry. God wants his greatness to be magnified in your heart as you are humbled by life. You think of life now, there's been plenty of times this year that I've been very sad internally. I've been feeling depressed or downcast or dejected. Uh, There's been pain in every one of our lives. Some of you have gone through things in your life that have been so painful and so horrendous that 2020 feels like a vacation for you. There are some of you that have been so beaten down, so harassed, feeling so helpless that you, that you know your need and you know that you need the mercy of God. And you want to magnify him because you know you have nothing in and of yourself. This is the place God wants us to get. We're humbled by life. Life now. Life this very moment. And sure, there are plenty of things right now that we might be magnifying as in a microscope. Things that are relatively small, but it's real pain that we're feeling. And maybe we're being idolatrous. God will show you if you're being idolatrous. But if you have come to the place in your life where you are aware of how humble you should be because of your sin, I hope you have taken the cure. I hope you know his name is Jesus. I hope that you know that he died in your place for your sins and he died the death that you deserve to die because of your sins. And the great exchange is made, our sin for his righteousness. I hope that you know the Lord Jesus. If you're a Christian today, your heart thrills and rejoices over that truth, over that fact. And then you magnify the Lord because he has humbled your heart in such a way that you look up to him. That you actually say, I'm going to magnify God. I am going to accept his sovereignty in my life. And I'm going to keep on, by his grace and for his glory, keep on rejecting idolatry when it crops up in our hearts when it rises up in that 
in that inopportune moment. Sometimes it feels like every moment of life is a battle, doesn't it? And even right now in the life we're living right now in this moment, it's very easy, very easy to be sad. Don't let your sadness cause you to spiral down. Cause it to, to ha- have you look up. Cause it to, let it, let it cause you to look up and magnify the sovereignty of God in your life, knowing that he is your only hope. If you don't know Christ, you need to come to Christ. You need to believe in Christ. You need to know that he is the one that brings you to humility and convicts you of your sin and know, helps you know how, how needy you are. As you go through this life, you will magnify the sovereignty of God and reject idolatry as you are humbled. That's the first observation. Mary says it about herself. The second observation is this. You magnify the sovereign Lord, you accept his sovereignty, you reject idolatry when you are filled with the word of God. Mary was filled with the word of God. The the entire song that she sings out in praise and adoration to God is filled with scripture. It's filled with Old Testament allusions to the covenant promises of God. It is basically chock full of praise to God. And the first words, she's been thinking about it the whole 80 mile trip to go see Elizabeth. Four to seven days of a trek. It's in her mind, and she's processed it through. And her first words are, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul is seeing the sovereign, supreme, authoritative ruler of the universe and my heart in greater detail than ever before. And she's mirroring the Psalms. She's singing a psalm of adoring praise to God, and she mirrors David in Psalm 34. Let's just look at a couple of psalms. Look at Psalm 34. We'll look at Psalm 34 and 35. We'll look at 69 and 70. But go with me to Psalm 34 in your Bibles. This is where you see that great verse, taste and see that the Lord is good. And David writes these words. God has given us an amazing songbook in the Psalms, in the Old Testament Psalms, that that display the greatness of God, the sovereignty of God in bringing a, a merciful Savior. And David says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's his resolve. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear it and be glad. The humble, those who know how vile their sin is, those who are convicted of their sin, those who know their need for a Savior and go to the only Savior. And then he says this, verse 3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. There's your invitation. There is the invitation for you and I to magnify God for his graciousness, for his mercy, for his magnificence, for his sovereign goodness. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. This is what Mary is saying. My soul magnifies the Lord. David says, Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Consider. See what God has done. He is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. You go to Psalm 35. Look at verse 17. Here's David again literally crying out to God, saying, contend with those who contend with me, Lord. Fight against those who fight against me. 
And then he says in verse 17, how long, O Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from their destruction, my precious life from the lions. He is dependent on the Lord. When you are humbled by your sin and you are filled with the word of God, you cry out to God in dependence. Psalm 35, verse 27, let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad and say evermore, great is the Lord. There's Magnify once again, who delights in the welfare of his servant. And then go over to Psalm 69, look at one verse in Psalm 69, David again. David says, I praise the name of God with a song, I will do it. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. When David is saying this, he is not saying that he is going to take a microscopic God and magnify him so he can be seen. What he is saying is he is going to point out the glories of the authoritative, sovereign Lord of the universe and help himself and others and you and I see him in clearer focus. Zoom in on God. Magnify him with thanksgiving. Look at Psalm 70, verse 4. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great. Let's magnify again. Magnify the Lord. When you're filled with the word of God, you can magnify the Lord, you can accept his sovereignty, you can reject idolatry. My example is you. I've been the pastor of this beautiful congregation for going on 15 years, 14 going on 15 years. And I've talked to so many of you through the painful times of life, the times where your plans have been smashed, where you have experienced deep pain and deep loss, and deep tragedy, and what I see consistently in your lives is where you say, you know what? God is great, God is good, and here's a verse that I am clinging to right now. Even now during COVID times, many of my interactions with many of you, whether it's in person or on the phone or in a text, you're sending me verses and saying, look, this is what I'm clinging to right now. Here's what's going on in my life, and this is the verse I'm clinging to right now. You're my example of trusting God's sovereignty, of not making microscopic things bigger than life, but taking the word of God, filling yourself up with the word of God, and then magnifying the Lord for his mercy in your life. What did Paul say to the Romans in Romans 12? He said, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. That's when you're filled with the word of God. Romans 1 through 11 rehearses all the glorious gospel truths that our lives are based upon in Christ. From him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. And Paul says, let your minds be renewed. Be transformed. It's the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and transforms your life. Not where there's just words falling on you, but where they come into your heart and you take them into your heart and you want them to be in your heart and you argue with yourself as you're thinking one thing but knowing the Bible says another. Sometimes I feel like that's every moment of the day for me. 
where I'm thinking one thing and maybe I'm spiraling down in some kind of silly sadness and God reminds me of his word and I have to actively be engaged in arguing myself out of moods of doubt and unbelief. I'm sure you've felt the same. My soul magnifies the Lord. He had, by the way, l- listen to what Mary is saying here. Listen to what she is saying. He who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. That touches you and me. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He wants you to have a humble heart. He wants you to know how needy you are of a savior. Every moment of every day, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones. He's exalted those of humble estate, those who know how vile their sin is, those who know how good God's cure in Christ is, and that there is no other Savior, that the blood of Christ was shed in our place for our sin, for our freedom, for our life. And Mary says in verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things. He fills the hungry with the word of God. I hope you are hungering and thirsting for righteousness right now. You will find it in Christ. You will find it in the word of God. He filled the hungry with good things. He, the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. This is shades of Habakkuk 3.2. In wrath, remember mercy. God's wrath is appeased by the blood of Christ. Mercy alleviates the misery that sin brings. God knew what he was doing when he sent Christ. God knew what he was doing when he picked Mary to be the mother of the Messiah. God knew what he was doing at the perfect time when Jesus would come to be the savior of the world, would come to die for sinners. God knows what he's doing right now on December 13th, 2020. God knows what he's doing in your life. God knows what he wants to do in your heart. You magnify the sovereign Lord. You accept sovereignty and reject idolatry when you're humbled by life and humbled by your sin. And when you're filled with the word of God, when you're filled with the word of God, and one last observation, you magnify the sovereign Lord. You accept his sovereignty. You reject idolatry. When you do so with your mind and mouth, when your mind is engaged and and it comes out of your mouth, Jesus said, the, the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. My, my mouth says way too many things that fill my heart that are not in line with Scripture. Mary says, he has filled the hungry with good things, verse 53, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, verse 54, in remembrance of his mercy. And then she says in verse 55, as he spoke to our fathers. She's remembering what God said in the word through the prophets. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Who's the offspring? Who's Abraham's offspring? Say it with me. It's Jesus. You can check it in Galatians 3.16. Abraham's offspring is Christ. The only Savior. You magnify the sovereign Lord. You, you accept his sovereignty in, in your life. You can reject idolatry and all those microscopic things because of Jesus. And with your mind and your mouth, just like Mary, just pouring out in praise to God, pouring her soul out 
You can pour your soul out in praise to God, even in the midst of the hardest time of your life. With your mind and your mouth. At Thanksgiving, I encourage you to make a list of all the things you're grateful for. I didn't ask you to come and tell me about it. Maybe I did, I don't remember. But one person in this church did so. A 10-year-old. A 10-year-old saw me on Wednesday night at Awana this last week and said, I've been looking for you. You're always busy talking to people up here, but I have something to show you. And she went and got her journal, and she proceeded to read me two pages of things that she's grateful for in her life. It made 2020 for me. You need to make a list of all the merciful things God has done in your life. Rehearse the merciful deeds of God. Make it personal. What has God done? Make a mercy list. Share it with someone. Magnify the mercy of God. What has he done? And don't just keep it in your mind. Shout it out with your mouth. Tell someone, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a neighbor. Back in 1965, Charles Schultz was asked by CBS to create a Christmas TV show based on the, uh, the Peanuts characters, Charlie Brown and Lucy and Linus and all of them. And he said, I'll do that with one stipulation. You let me share the, the biblical story of the birth of Jesus Christ so that people will know what Christmas is all about. And the executives were like, uh, we don't think that's a great idea. And he said, well, if you want me, that's the way it's going to be. Praise God for a man who had the gospel filled in his heart, and, and it was in, not just in his mind, but in his mouth. So now for 55 years, you can watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special and hear the gospel in it. How can you magnify the Lord with your mind and your mouth this Christmas? You know, you magnify the Lord, you accept his sovereignty, you re reject idolatry when you are humbled by life and your sin, and when you are filled with the word of God, and when you do that magnification, not just in your mind, but with your mouth, when you are actively engaged. John Piper said, we are not called to be microscopes, we're called to be telescopes. Christians are not called to be con men who magnify their product out of all proportion to reality when they know the competitor's product is far superior. There is nothing and nobody superior to God, and so the calling of those who love God is to make his greatness begin to look as great as it really is. That's why we exist, why we are saved. The whole duty of the Christian can be summed up in this. Feel, think, and act in a way that will make God look as great as he really is. Be a telescope for the world of the infinite starry wealth of the glory of God. Here's my invitation to you. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, your greatness, your love, your mercy. Thank you that you humble our hearts. And thank you, Lord, that we are able to fill our hearts with the word of God, your word, your holy word. And thank you, Lord, that it's not just in our minds, but can be in our mouths to the praise of your glorious grace. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We're coming now to the table of the Lord, and what a 
opportunity it is to magnify Christ right now. Paul said, as often as you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You preach the gospel of the grace of God in Christ until he comes again. You got a communion elements there with you. A little packet there with bread on top and then the juice underneath. Remind you that this is for the Lord's people. This is for Christians. This table is only for Christians. Jesus came to save from sin. And if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you are saved, you believe the gospel, you believe that he died in your place and rose again and is coming back, and you believe and you are not adding anything to the equation, you're saying, I am saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone for the glory of God alone, you then partake of this on an ongoing basis with the gathered body of Christ to remember God's mercy, to magnify the sovereign Lord, to see him in increasing measure more as he truly is. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he was going to the cross and he said, this is my body, which is for you. And for all believers, he said, this this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. God, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we are proclaiming Christ and his goodness, his death and resurrection and promised return until he comes again. We're remembering your mercy. We're magnifying your sovereignty, all for your glory. And we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing one last song together?
God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. What a great, great truth. Well, I don't know about you, but I love going through the week and spending time with my family and a lot of you, uh, but I kind of live for Sundays. I, I really do love gathering together with the church, whether we're under a tent or in the building. I really do love coming together on Sundays. It's kind of the high, it is the highlight of my week. I hope it is for you as well. Uh, remember uh, to check out the QR code. There's lots of things we need to reset some of our setup crews. I was uh, kind of joking with the staff this week, and I said, you know, we became a church plant in March. <laughs> and uh, in June, when we came out here, we're like setting up every day, every Sunday. And so we have a lot of needs from parking ministry to setting up chairs and all sorts of things early and late in the day. So whatever, you, whatever your pleasure. Uh, but please make sure you check that out. Also, go see Brittany Livesey over at the table over here. We have 35 families left out of 93. We're doing some outreach into the community to connect with some families. There's 35 more families uh, to get a card and connect with them with a, with a, uh, a gift basket and things like that. So please make sure we have a, a great response already, but we have 93 families, 35 left. Okay, so let's go ahead and close with uh, 1 Peter 2 verses 9 and 10. And let me also ask you to pray uh, for Grace Church, pray for us to be unified as a body, pray for us as elders as we continue to shepherd the flock and try to make wise decisions as we move forth step by step, day by day, and pray that our gospel witness amongst each other and through this community and to the ends of the earth uh, will grow stronger and stronger each day as we magnify the Lord. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. As we go now, may we magnify you in our hearts and our homes to the ends of the earth. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.